Fortunately, I live and practice in Melbourne, Australia, voted one of the 10 most livable cities in the world for many years in a row now. There are many reasons for this, but one of them is that we have fairly low incidence of violent crime and a very low incidence of firearms-related injuries. This is at least in part due to the strong gun control legislation and a limited number of firearms in the community. The result of this is that unlike many other large metropolitan centres, the vast majority of penetrating brain injuries I see in my day-to-day practice are low-velocity injuries, either from assaults or probably more frequently from sports or gardening accidents. In fact, I think that over the past 10 years of neuroradiological practice in one of Melbourne's two major trauma centres, I have only reported on at most one or two cranial gunshot wounds. So I guess what I'm getting at is that my understanding of high-velocity cranial injuries is primarily academic and, to a lesser degree, from watching The Sopranos. Anyway, the key difference between high-velocity and low-velocity injuries boils down to the amount of kinetic energy deposited in the tissues. The amount of energy is linearly proportional to the mass of the object, but proportional to the square of its velocity, and therefore a bullet that only weighs a few grams but is travelling at hundreds of metres a second deposits substantially more energy than a much heavier but slower moving knife or branch. This has a number of implications relevant to the imaging findings of these injuries. Firstly, the energy imparted to the skull and bone fragments is significantly different, with gunshot wounds able to accelerate bony fragments pushing them considerable distances from the entry wound and thus causing additional damage. Secondly, The impact on the skull often fragments the bullet with each fragment going along a slightly different trajectory, further widening the diameter of injury. How much a bullet fragments depends on the construction of the bullet, velocity and particulars of how it strikes the tissues. Perhaps an even more important feature of high-velocity injuries is that the energy deposited in the brain results in a cavitary shockwave in the wake of the bullet that in turn results in substantial damage at considerable distance from the injury tract. In contrast, low-velocity injuries tend to be confined to the injury tract itself. Another crucial aspect of the imaging assessment of penetrating injuries is the identification of retained foreign bodies. In the setting of bullets, the fragments are metallic or bony and easily identified, although bone window needs to be used to distinguish small fragments of bone from small fragments of metal. In contrast, accidental low-velocity injuries are from a wide variety of objects ranging dramatically in density including metal, but also plastic and wood. These range in density from metal to near gas density in the setting of dry wood, and as such it is crucial to review any scan with possible penetrating injuries in a wide variety of window settings. This is particularly important for wood, which on narrow brain window will appear similar to air or fluid and can be easily overlooked. In fact, I have seen a number of such cases where the CT was initially reported as not having any retained foreign body. Clearly, leaving behind a dirt-covered branch is not great for either you or the patient.